Hello, this is Russell Brand, the person. My podcast, Under the Skin, is on the wonderful platform, Luminary, luminarypodcast.com. But we're giving you these free excerpts, 15 minutes, to encourage you to go and subscribe to it. As you know, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. So um, this one is with Biet Simkin. She's a brilliant meditation teacher, breath worker, shamanic person. Certainly is very impressive. She's got a new book out called Don't Just Sit There. It's a, a, a kind of, uh, what would I say, a translation of the famous fourth way techniques about which we talk in this podcast. Um, I really like Biet. And we do, later in the podcast, we do some of these breathing exercises that I've done with her like on Zoom. And they're pretty effective. And I would recommend you do them. They're a good accompaniment as with the like Wim Hof stuff. You know, a bit of breath stuff with a meditation. It's good. Particularly those of you that like a little high. You are right, Django? <laughs> Why did you look at me when you said that? Well, no, that, <laughs> I don't think of you as a person that needs a little high. But I do think of you as a person that's wearing special spectacles now. Yeah. What are they about? They're blue light glasses. Is this because of spiritual, what was that show called? <laughs> <Spiritual>. Social <laughs> Dilemma. No, I got it before then. There was a period where I couldn't see words on white backgrounds. Cause, <laughs> cause couldn't you? Was, what did yeah. you see on white backgrounds? <laughs> black squiggles. Just black squiggles? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the the language white. just melted down. The white was too powerful. And since you've got these new special <laughs> x-ray specs, <laughs> how, how are you getting on with the old squiggles now? legible system of interrelated signs i think the science is out on it mm. blue but that what's it doing it's filtering out blue light yeah apparently my moisturizer does it too <laughs> oh that's great you need a bit more blue light in your life i'll tell you the blue lights you'll be seeing is the blue lights of an ambulance as you're carted off into a loony bin <laughs> where you'll frankly belong Django. here's some comments from our wonderful podcast with Yanis varafakis <laughs> Joey, like now, Yanis came on the podcast the other day. Wasn't he terrific? Yeah, I like him. Yeah, do you? Good, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Joey W. Lagazino go, fantastic, exclamation mark. The last time we had Yanis on was great. He's such a smart and interesting dude. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. He's uh, got a lot of the answers, that dude. Via Natural Medicine, loved it. Two of the smartest people I've heard speaking about the most important human concepts, brain, light bulb, brown looking heart that heart looks like the type of heart of real blood you know like how blood go a little bit brown isn't that when it dries what <laughs> <laughs> yeah when it dries what are you gonna do leave it there dilute it keep it wet keep dribbling and into the blood huh <laughs> clean it up <laughs> <laughs> no if it's yellow let it mellow if it's blood just let it hang out too isn't that the technique jen no no are you sure yeah. What do you know about blood? <laughs> You're going to love this episode. We talk about what bit we're going to have. A bit where we sort of like where I contested the need for ritual yeah. and structure in spirituality in case it becomes too whimsical woo-woo. And I think that was a wonderful part of the conversation and you'll enjoy it. If you want to hear more of this and more of me talking to other spiritual teachers, Eckhart Tolle, Brené Brown, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra. I mean, they've all been on there. Who are you going to say to Maya? Muji. I mean, what do you want for your $2.99 a month? A whole bank of podcasts that will change you into the kind of person that you will benefit from being, the person you were born to be. That's quite a pledge. So uh, have a listen to this bit of the conversation. See if you feel like what I said there is true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful yeah, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. So I wonder, as we enter into this landscape, how what techniques you think are going to be important for people to realise and actuate themselves? I, you know, I've really been playing a lot with this, um, with tech addiction and also with all my addictions. I used to think I was addicted to food, sugar, flour, and again, heroin, cocaine, alcohol, but it's been so long since I touched those. Again, who knows, right? But what I do know is that what I realized is that I'm actually addicted to a sympathetic nervous, my sympathetic nervous system, which in some people call the sympathetic nervous system fight or flight. And so tech addiction is actually an addiction to the fight or flight feeling. So when you realize that, you start to go into your body. Like, I don't think tech addiction can be healed by making rules, right? Like, I, rules don't work for me. Like, okay, I can use the phone four hours a day, but not more than that. And I can use it, blah, 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 blah. For me, that doesn't work. What works for me is feeling into my body and noticing, am I breathing? Am I nervous? Am I in compare and despair with people on social media? Am I going high on dopamine from all the likes I'm getting and comments on my posts? And that kind of stuff, if I can start to measure, am I in my parasympathetic nervous system? And then make a choice. Okay, I want to spend this amount of my life in my parasympathetic nervous system and I'm really not willing to visit my sympathetic nervous system for very extended periods of time. But I do think tech, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it brings you into your fight or flight response. Like you, you'll notice if you really pay attention, like you're breathing less, you're short, your breath is shortened, you're in a fear, uh, a fear state and that's a natural state of interacting with. So what I've tried to do is actually bring in breath work bring in embodiment techniques even when I am handling my phone because that is part of my job is to be on social and to be visible to the people that I'm supporting. You know that as above, so below thing, I feel that um, that even with um, more, even with older behavioral addictions around food, sex that we've discussed, there comes a point where where i recognized oh i'm manufacturing my own narcotics in my own biology i'm creating my own you know dopamine serotonin whatever and of course what's required as you say is an ability to remain present remain aware not to dive into that and lose your perspective immersed in the you know in the highs or or whatever state it's inducing but i find that still the only way i can modify those behaviors see i suppose one of the things that might be leveled at shamanism and kind of new ageism is that it can be a bit traditionless 
a bit rootless, a bit like it's being made up on the spot. Whereas I suppose uh, like a monotheistic faiths for all of their evident social, cultural problems have a clear ritualized ceremonial way of dealing with the problem the problem the challenge <laughs> of the flesh or at least domination by the flesh domination by primal desires i recognize that you know you don't there's no point giving up social media give up the person that needs social media give up you give up the self no point giving up alcohol give up the person that needs alcohol give up the thing that the point of attachment you give up as you say the parasympathetic nervous system i don't know enough about neurology or anatomy to know whether that's the you know the exact way that i obviously take your word for it but uh, what I require additionally in order to do that is clear, ritualized behavior. That's why I like couching my own recovery. I have no bloody choice, but like I also like couching my recovery in a 12-step process because I think, all right, how do I, um, how do I map what I know about drugs and alcohol onto tech? Right, I acknowledge it's a problem. I believe it's possible to change it. I recognize I'm going to have to accept help and a- access an, a- an aspect of my own awareness that's currently dormant or inaccessible at least. I'm going to probably need to inventory this behavior so I get a better understanding of it. I'm going to have to share it with another person, identify the problems and what it is I'm trying to conceal or um, medicate through this. And have I harmed anybody? Stay aware, etc. You know, you know what the twelve-step program is. Um, but like, I do need ritual. I do for me in enough to like. I do need a kind of. You're only going to be looking at your phone for one hour. You're not going on those social media sites now. Of course, I think these kind of programs are beautiful because they are amorphous and there's as many ways of working them as there are addicts or whatever. But I, I um, do you not have concerns about? an unstructured and intuitive approach to recovery and the uh, limitations that that places on the replication of these, i.e. if there ain't a technique, how are we going to get other people to do it? Mm. You know, I do believe that we didn't accidentally get born into this era and if you and I were born 500 years ago, or if we were born a thousand years ago, we would be dealing with very different social dilemmas. There wasn't anyone making documentaries a thousand years ago, but I guarantee that the problems were thick um, with people being scalped in the street and women being raped on the sidewalk and like, you know, the plague or whatever was going on at that time. And I just think a lot of times that you know, when we look at it as though, oh, this is dangerous. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Social media is dangerous. Robots are dangerous. Um, You know, all these things are super dangerous, but we have the capacity to find enlightenment underneath any circumstances. And enlightenment, what I love about enlightenment, and I'll say something about fourth way here, because, you know, I'm a teacher of this thing called fourth way. And that's what my, hmm. my book is all about. And fourth way is supposed to be, or what it is, is enlightenment in the real world. So Marcus Aurelius is an example. Abraham Lincoln is an example. Rumi is an example. Like both the first two examples, I would sort of associate with kind of, you know, certainly Marcus Aurelius, Stoicism. Abraham Lincoln seems at least kind of stoic, although I don't know what his deal was. Um, Rumi, you know, I, I understand, of course, is a Sufi, and it seems like a sort of a more mystical and somewhat more abstract 
theological undergirding than the first two. This fourth way, I heard it in relation with like Ospensky and I don't know, like isn't it sort of some sort of Russian shamanism thing? What, what the hell is it, Viet? Well, I mean, I could, in a, in a nutshell, my, my my book really dials it down and makes it super simple for people because I've been studying it with my father my whole life, and that's my life's work. But in a nutshell, like really simply, fourth way work is dividing your attention so that you live both in the space of the soul and in the space of um, life creation and achievement simultaneously. And you no longer make one more important than the other. So that means that to Marcus Aurelius wasn't a um, just a philosophical thinker. He was a, an emperor. Abraham Lincoln wasn't, you know, like, you know what I mean? Abraham Lincoln wasn't... Pressure. <laughs> yeah, he was an emperor. Like, you know, so being an emperor requires quite a bit of kabuki. You put on the suit, you go out, there's a parade, you're being photographed. I mean, maybe not then photographed, but... And you're a celebrity. Like, there's a lot of roles in this world that when you take them on, have a payment. There's a thing called the law of payment. And the, the way the book works is that it's the way fourth way works is that it, it says that we're actually underneath 48 laws on, on a very normal day. So you wake up and you're in 48 different types of prisons, basically. Like you said, I don't want to find enlightenment in a, in a prison. I'd rather find it on a private jet. Fourth way is saying, baby, you in a prison when you're on that, on that jet. And so if you can get with that, if you can understand that your life is the fleeing of that prison at all times and make that your motive, then you don't need to give up worldly possessions. You don't need to give up shopping at Barney's. You don't need to give up um, the, you know, the glitz and the glamour and the razzle dazzle of life as long as you're not identified with it. And that's covered in what's called the law of identification, which is a fourth way term. Mm, the law of identification. The law of identification. But I do want to look. I have an issue with, uh, like, I know you to a point, and I feel like you're great. And I'm sure your book, Don't Just Sit There, is great also. I, but, like, this is my concern, Biet. What about, um, I don't like the idea of training people just to, to be better capitalists. You know, like uh, and training people like this is how you can succeed within this system. Meditate in order that you can, you know, like even the, look, I got a foot in each camp still. Of course I have. I've still <sighs> I'm dogged by it. You know, I'm dogged by it. It's getting easier. It's getting better. But like I, as you say, the kabuki of putting on the suit, putting on the mask, living in that world, going into that space, you know, but that whilst I still don't feel fully and held enough to let go of it absolutely, I feel more connected than ever before to something that I don't feel like I had conscious access to in, my, in the previous incarnations of my addiction. And my intention is to be free now i reckon there is you know i recognize there's a degree of imprisonment i'm going to require oxygen i'm going to be living in this body i've got all sorts of obligations some of which are terrific but like uh do you not feel concerned that we accept the limitations of a system that is a kind of an individual uh, an invisible excuse me 
economic ideology that we're sort of forced to live within and even when we're talking about spirituality we're saying spirituality within these confines um i yeah i don't think it's a hindrance anymore i kind of i see it as a privilege to be able to be on a planet where everything is very fucked up and i think it's a privilege to be on a planet where everything is upside down and fourth way actually says if you're living in a world that is upside down, but you become right side up inside of it, the effect that you have on people is very, it's, it's resonant. There's a resonance, there's a sound that occurs when we attune ourselves. Now, am I upset about what's happening in America and the political system right now? Like, do I cry about it in my meditations? Yes, but that's not to say that if I'm not present to both sides of myself, both the enlightened bliss Christ consciousness side of myself, and also the raw, pissed off American who's like, you've got to be kidding me if this is what you think is a good idea for our country right now. If those two can't coexist, then I'm not going to be able to be effective. And everyone's effective in a different way. Some people are effective politically. Some people are effective artistically. Some people are effective through laughter. Right. So everyone has their own note that they're playing on this planet. But I don't believe when I hear you say, you know, that one day you'll need to let it all go so that you can finally be free. I love all of you. Like, I don't think there's anything to let go of. It's just all so great. And the body and the finality and the pain and the kabuki, all of it. And I find that the more I embrace all of it and I'm in lust with all of it rather than being selective. I think that's really a big transformation is the selectiveness, like enlightenment versus material gains. It's like, how are those things separate? Only by the mind are they separated. Well, I suppose when I think of it, though, say Osho, you know, who was a pretty smart and amazing dude and wrote and came up with some fantastic stuff doesn't have the same resonance to me as gandhi who by all accounts was not a man without flaws but like i feel like you know like uh that what i dig about gandhi is that he went for yeah fuck it fuck it i'm gonna just wear a blanket and tend to the goats <laughs> and see where this ends up and i'm pretty certain that it's going to be with a bullet you know whereas like uh like Osho, yeah, what's no problem having a Rolex wrapped around me? No problem, untold Rolls Royces. Even though I'd like, you know, I've got some red stuff of his that's like, wow, that's, this dude knows the score, man. You know, like there's something, I don't know if in me as a former hedonist, I have this kind of puritanism like now, the kind of puritanism of the ex-addict and the kind of, well, we shouldn't be doing that. And that's a bit saucy. Like, you know, like, I don't know if I have that or... Or what? But like, uh, I, I like what you're saying. I just feel like I've been burned by that fire so much, yet that I, I don't think I'm ever going to be at ease with. Because <laughs> every time I open the door a little bit, you know, like it's chaos happens. Mm. If you want to listen to the rest of that, go and sign up for Luminary. It's a subscription podcast network with original shows from your favorite creators. It's the only place you can get under the skin, and it's uh, the incredible back catalog that we've created. You can get an account for as little as $2.99 a month. And it's not just me on there. There's incredible original content from people like 
the gorgeous Karama, who I'm still in love with, he came on my podcast actually, and uh, Lena Dunham and Trevor Noah, who's not been on yet. Maybe Trevor Noah, we want him on, didn't we? What? I met him before. I met him at Amnesty International gig. He was amazing. Did you ask him on the podcast? Of course I didn't. I don't know if I had a podcast then. It was ages ago. I can't remember. I was in another time, in another life, Jim. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this excerpt. We love you. Under the skin, only from Luminary. Luminarypodcasts.com.